0: If 2020 hasn't been crazy enough, here we are faced with the most dreaded day of the year, at least in my mind, and that is Election Day. Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, and all the independents you could muster up are going to face it off in the polls, and that means we all have to face it off with our loved ones over dinners, we have to face it off with our acquaintances through Facebook and Instagram, and oh my word. But what if we could just look past the mind and at the heart? What if we could stop letting politics dictate our religion or try to make religion dictate our politics and just see the Christ in each other? That's the goal of this episode, is to just come together in unity and to try to serve in love. We
1: are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions.
0: shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes,
1: and our dreams.
0: We are pursuing the truth and we don't care about the outcomes.
1: We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe.
0: We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Reckless Pursuit. My name's Cody.
1: And my name is Elaine.
0: And today we're talking about everyone's favorite topic right now on the internet, the great election. Okay, yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) Uh, The subject
1: that everyone loves to hate and hates to love.
0: Yeah, and let's just be honest, most of it is pretending to hate, but actually loving the turmoil it brings, which is even more worse I hate all of it. Just as a disclaimer, this episode is in no way telling you who you should vote for, telling you what you should do with your life or anything like that. It's actually the opposite. Yes, very much so. And I I just want to kind of like, like kind of give a prerequisite here. I don't know how you guys tune in. Most people find us through just your podcast player, but the picture that I'm using for this one, I was very proud of because when Elaine and I went to vote, uh, we came home. We started a fire because it's cold here in Arkansas right now, surprisingly. And I took my I Voted sticker and threw it in the fireplace and snapped photo of it because I was mm, like, this is art. This is art mm. at its finest because that's how I feel. I feel like our country's a dumpster fire when it comes to elections. So we're talking about uh, a Christian's um, stance on voting. I don't know if that's the right word or maybe like a deconstruction christian state uh, i don't know liberal conservative christian stance i don't know Multiple whatever it is.
1: perspectives
0: <laughs> the perspectives of voting within christianity maybe that's what we'll call it i don't know we'll figure out a nice catchy title before we get into that of course you know where to find us nomads a safe community for christians to ask unsafe questions and we would love to hear from you and of course all things the reckless pursuit on the Other than that, we just got out of our Halloween series, can't believe Halloween is already over, even though technically at the time of us recording, it's not already over, (laughs) Halloween is tomorrow, because we're recording this on a Friday, but that means no mind to you guys listening, I'm just rambling, so let's get into this episode on talking about Christianity and elections, oh boy. So, what should a Christian's proper stance be on the election season? Tis the season right now for going and arguing about whose candidate is better than the other, why that person isn't a Christian. It's talking from a Christian's perspective. Tis the season for bashing each other for saying, oh, yeah, well, you're not a true follower of Christ because you support a candidate that supports abortion or you support a candidate that doesn't support welfare for the the needy or whatever the argument is. Uh, there's about a million and one arguments because politics is not directly congruent with religion or religious philosophy. Let's be honest. Let's just go ahead and throw a a big old uh, elephant in the room right here in or the don't. beginning. Or yeah, fair. Thanks. <laughs> Good pun. Uh, <laughs> And just saying that there is not an assimilation between politics and religion or Christianity or spirituality, and it does not matter what you think is proper, uh, and I'm sorry to burst your bubble, and I'm sorry if that offends you, get over it. There's nothing that you think is right that someone else doesn't also believe their way is right, and that doesn't mean your way is right. Or wrong. Exactly. But I like saying right because it's more controversial. There's nothing out there to say that my way of thinking is right versus someone else's because something we've talked about numerous times on this is it's not a matter of uh, what you necessarily think is right or wrong. It really depends on the perspective of that person. And most of the time we actually want the same thing. We have just different ideologies Of how to get there, and that is... something
1: that God has been speaking to me is that it's not necessarily a mindset issue, but it's a heart issue.
0: Yes. And I believe those both kind of play in tandem to each other. But let's just kind of walk through electionism is what I'm going (laughs) to coin this term as. And let's take a quick little hike through uh, just all the different opinions that are going on out there in the world and how this does not correlate to Christianity. So... It's interesting. When you look at liberal thinking, or let's just say, let's not use liberal and conservative, because that's not even it. Let's call it by what it is, the political parties. Let's look at democratic Christians. Most democratic Christians come from the standpoint of they want to help the needy. They want to give people their God-given freedom, whether they believe in their, you know, there's there's varying degrees of that even. Some, you know, I guess democratic believing Christians fall more toward the scale of like when it comes to like gay rights and stuff like that, they don't necessarily know what they think on it biblically, but they know that they should have the freedom to, you know, pursue that lifestyle should they choose because God gave us all free will. Uh, There's even more so that like biblically they find it just and like they want to express the love of God. So it goes all the way through this perspective. They feel like, okay, so that should be a thing. That's a big ticket item, right? Gay marriage is a big ticket item. Even though uh, a lot of that isn't contended as... I mean, I guess that people would argue that it is contended, but it's just not heard about as much anymore since it's been deemed, I guess, uh, constitutionally sound to allow gay marriage. I know there's a lot of argument right now with new certain justices and stuff that could override such notions and all that. And certain
1: states are more um, opposed sure. to those things.
0: Sure. Uh, but constitutionally right now, the, the, you know, gay marriage is a thing. And uh, not, I'm not trying to insert any of my own certain opinions here. I think most people know where I stand on this issue, considering some of our past episodes. But if you don't, please feel free to go back and listen to some of the episodes we had with the Naked Pastor, David Hayward. Um, we've had a couple others, I believe, that we've talked about that topic, at least in passing, if not directly But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. But that's a big ticket item that people vote more Democratic for. People also vote more Democratic because of the health care thing. Let's be honest, uh, uh, Democrat-leaning candidates, or Democratic Party, I guess, um, designated candidates, are typically more for open health care and free health care, even though, I mean, yes, it's not free, but it's like taxpayer-like health care, so everyone contributes to the same system. They're for higher, higher taxes on the wealthy to help the poor. That's... Deemed as a Robin Hood mentality by Republicans, or if you want to look at it from the liberal or, I guess, Democratic side of things. I can't help not use the other word on that. But Democrat side of things, that's more deemed as uh, just trying to distribute properly because they don't trust people to do the right thing. And that's kind of how you start bleeding over in Republicanism. Republicans, most of the time, and this is – some people would argue this, but most people, most good-centered Christian people even – whether they follow liberal or conservative, want people to have health care. They want people to be treated well. They want people to be treated better. And the Republican side of thing typically tries to leave that in the independence hand versus trying to have the government uh, forsay on what can be done or whatever because they don't trust the government as much. And that's where that all kind of gets in. It's like, well, businesses will do the right thing. And we all know that some businesses will, some businesses won't. So there's sound logic on both thinkings. Uh, and then the other side of that is, well, the wicked businesses will crash and burn because people won't put up with them and that'll leave the good businesses, but that doesn't always, and so everything is right and wrong is what I'm trying to get at.
1: Simultaneously.
0: Yes, there is good and bad to both. And sadly, you start getting into third party candidates and I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Yes, you can vote for a third party candidate if you feel you can't. That is part of the reason that we have a two party system. So just saying whether you think they have a chance or not. There are other candidates that support, uh, that are that are running in this race that can, in fact, be voted upon. Uh, I'm sorry if that offends you. It shouldn't because not feeling as if you have an, uh, another option is the lie you've been fed. Uh, also, I want to say with this, if you don't align with a third-party candidate, I'm not telling you to vote for a third-party candidate. Well, I'm not telling you to vote for anyone.
1: That's the thing, is it's nobody's job to tell you how to vote. Correct. It's important to know who to vote for depending on what stances you have. It's important to be an informed voter. It's important to vote for the person that's most aligned with your values and morals and beliefs and perspectives. That being said, if that is third party, do that. If that is the main two parties, do that. Whatever aligns with you, don't let anyone influence you otherwise if you wholeheartedly believe in a specific candidate. Yep. Nobody should gaslight you. Nobody should manipulate you or make you feel bad or guilty or shame you or judge you or instill fear in how you vote because that is how you vote, not how they vote.
0: Yep, absolutely. And so you have these big ticket items. You have these candidates pulling both ways. And the truth of the matter is, uh, all right, let's just go back to third party. Before I get into that, let's just go back to the whole third party notion. We have a plethora of people. We have the freedom to vote for whoever we choose, even write in. You can write in someone if you do not like if you do not feel comfortable with who you have. And I just want to kind of go ahead and preface that as a Christian, and I say that as a follower of Christ, as someone who is trying to live as Christ lived, that's not let's just kind of dismiss any preconceived notions of what a Christian is and all that trying to live according to 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 Christ. To the ways Christ was, it is our responsibility to vote our heart. It is our responsibility to vote for whoever we think will serve in the current situation we are currently in. Now, are there going to be things you don't align with? Absolutely. No candidate is going to perfectly align with your beliefs because you are a con, I guess a a an entity. Comprised of millions of your own belief systems, and which is okay, yeah, and that's a good thing. And not one person on earth is going to match you exactly, there's just no one on earth that's going to exactly match how you feel about everything
1: not even your spouse or your children, your parents, your best friend, and your favorite people.
0: And if you agree or they agree with everything that you say, that is because they are trying to conform to fit in, or you're trying to conform to fit in, so you're
1: in an echo chamber, yeah,
0: and so like. We may agree on some of the big things. You know, I, I definitely don't want to see babies aborted. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to see babies aborted. Most people. Most people. Yeah, some people. That I, There's always the exception. But most people don't want to see parents or uh, mothers put in the position of having to abort a child. There's just a huge argue on how we should go about that. Should we ban it where they don't have the choice? Or should we divert and increase spending to give them the resources? Well, I mean, let's be honest here. There's a two different mindsets of viewing that, you know. That's the same way with drugs. Let's be honest there. The war on drugs, you know. Uh, you can look at that and say, well, should we ban drugs or should we increase resources against drugs? And you can say, well, I mean, it goes both ways with that. And then you look at smoking.
1: Or gun violence.
0: Or gun violence. You know, gun violence is a huge one. Should we ban all guns or should we make guns harder to get or should we give more people guns to prevent and i'm going to be really honest and whether you want to hear it or not there is a sound argument for any direction you can create a sound argument and until something is implemented you don't know how it's actually going to go because every situation is a mathematical equation based where depending on how one person reacts to the next thing to the next thing Kind of like how gun violence becomes an issue is because it is propagated so much that people feel that they can be immortalized through gun violence or feel that it is a solution to a means and so it becomes an adoptive principle. You know, if someone else down the road were to instill a different set of character values earlier on, then gun violence violence probably wouldn't be an issue right now. It would not be a, a systematic issue that we see. Uh, the same thing with racism. If you were to have instilled a different set of values early on, you would not have racism like we have it uh, currently how we're still going through this. It's all about the value system that becomes adopted and the character mindset around it. Just like with the mask thing, if you were to have a group of people who had pitched, if you had a Republican leader pitch masks as a a great solution temporarily to uphold freedom, right we're upholding freedom despite this terrible thing instead of making it out to be uh, a political issue and i'm sorry but that that is one thing i can't get behind is the whole politicalness of uh, of a pandemic and that goes both ways too there's people trying to feed on it on both sides of that religious even religious yes there's all of that um you know i've just it's it's not that's not a thing it's this is a time to band together not a time to be separate anyway You look at uh, things like that, and if you had someone saying, this is a great time to uphold our liberties, then there would be a whole different view in, like, the completely conservative states on mask wearing. And the same could go for, you know, the flip side of the liberals could have very easily or Democrats could have very easily said this is, you know, an, an abolition to our freedoms or whatever, and we're for freedom of thinking, and we want to tell people not. I mean, you can literally spin it either way, and there are obviously differences in belief obviously very differences, very big differences in belief. But the honest truth is it takes both sides to weigh the spectrum. And I know that kind of sucks because we all have our you have beliefs. You do. to be humble. You do. You, you do. Especially people when don't it comes, like to be humbled. No, no, not at all. Especially when it comes to faith, because we start wrapping our faith up in this. And people who are like us, who are more deconstructionist side of things, who are more you know, I uh, even would say liberal Christian, you know, I guess if that's a thing or uh, what is the one that's passed around online as an insult all the time against like, it's is, is it liberal Christian or what is it? Progressive. Yeah, progressive. Yeah, whatever. I'm not hip on the terms anymore. Anyway, progressive Christianity. We'll use that because it sounds better. It doesn't sound like it's affiliated with a party because it, it's not. It, let's be honest, it's not. But uh, you have progressive Christians trying to ruin the faith because they're trying to draw these these lines, and let's just be honest, progressive Christianity is just the opposite, not even opposite, it's just the other word for a different type of fundamentalism, Uh, and that's what it becomes, is we all adopt a mindset, we put a little fancy word behind it, you have conservative or fundamental Christianity, you have progressive Christianity, right? It sounds just like Republican and Democrat or liberal and conservative or uh, whatever else you want to put on it, it's just, it's a line to try to draw sides, and the truth is we get so rooted in what we believe that we Eliminate the ability to see, going back to what you said, Elaine, the heart behind someone else's thought. We can't see that we're actually on the same team. And if we can work together, and I know I'm asking a lot of people, apparently. Most people. But if we are working together to find a happy medium, you can actually do a lot of really good things.
1: And the truth is, there is no black and white to these issues there's so much gray area most things in life if not all of life is gray area, and it's whenever you blend the two different perspectives or multiple perspectives. There's not just two perspectives, but whenever you are able to blend and come together, be humble. You have your side of the fence; the other person has their side of the fence. But then they come together in the middle and say, "Hey, why don't we adopt each other's perspectives? Why don't we formulate each other's perspectives where we can try it your way and then we can try it our way and then kind of blend which one works." best for everyone not just yourself
0: well and that goes back to and like just kind of talking to the idea of like we use the bible as the final answer right so many and I I think you had told me this and I ended up doing a video about I don't know if we mentioned on the show or not but somewhere someone said something along the lines of like we need to quit going to the bible as the answer to the question and start going to the bible to start the conversation or start the question
1: whatever video I'd seen or post I had seen I don't remember where I saw it but they had said that Judaism and how um, they had written the Bible.
0: Well, it's a Semitic language. It's, yeah, it's how they written the Bible was open for
1: interpretation Correct. to start conversations. But so often Christians miss it and they just Bible drop verse... They, they just drop Bible verses. I like
0: Bible drop verse.
1: Yeah, Bible drop. They drop Bible verses to end the conversation. And because if somebody has an opinion that you don't agree with, it's like, well, the Bible says this, here's a verse, and then I'm not open for this conversation. Mm-hmm. You just need to read this and like blindly accept the way that I interpret this verse.
0: Sure. And a lot of people use, I mean, this even goes with abortion. You know, we talk about, oh, well, the Bible says this about children, but we're not going to talk about the Bible verse where they aborted a child by yeah. God's will, you know, like, it, it goes every direction. It, it goes so many different ways. You know, oh, we're anti-violence except for when we justify it with this other thing over and here where we're for violence. And you can find a
1: Bible verse for literally any anything, perspective. Anything. Even outside of just politics or what, religion or whatever. You can literally find a Bible verse that goes with your perspective and how you think and how you feel and use it against somebody else.
0: And so all this kind of ties back to this idea that Christianity is under attack. And I'm not saying that there are not parts of the world where Christianity is under attack, just like there are parts of the world where Islam is under attack, just like there's parts of the world where Hinduism or Buddhism or even atheism or agnosticism is under attack or Judaism is under attack or whatever religion you want to coin it as at this moment. There's always someone attacking someone else's religion, even to the extremist side. There's extremists for and extremists against religions. We have multiple Christian terrorist groups in Arkansas from the KKK on down. And then we also have the Islamic nation extremist group who hates all white people uh, and literally stands on the corner in downtown North Little Rock screaming that white people are the scum of the earth and are crawling out from the pits of hell. And it's, it's, it's a constant like religion gets so intertwined with everything imaginable. And let's be honest, politics. And this is, Maybe my conspirator side coming out a little bit, but like politics is feeding off of all of this because if you can rouse someone on something that is dear to their heart, you can sway them. And I'm telling you this to say this, it's easy for a Republican speaker to get up and drop the, what about the unborn fetus argument and pull on people's heartstrings because you're dealing with life. You know, we're not emotions. parents. Elaine and I are not parents. And I can see how that would sway parents. Uh, people who have had children, have lost children, have been through it. You know, I can see how that would sway mm-hmm. them. Even more so, I imagine, when we actually have children. Yeah. And I can see how dropping that thing would definitely rouse someone. But here's the thing. When you get roused, and there's there's times for that. There's always times to be to be a, to not, you know, to get to get fired up. There's times for that. But when you're in that state of mind, you cannot think and plan and plot strategically. You lose the ability to cognitively think through why you're doing what you're doing and what you're thinking.
1: I read something the other day, I don't remember where it was, but I know I read I don't know if it was an article or a Facebook status or something where somebody had said that they used to believe that the world was ran by politics, that the world operated out of politics, but they're coming to find out that the world is operated out of religion or a lack thereof, mm-hmm. and how politics feeds on religion, regardless of what religion it is, anti-religion, Christianity, well, whatever it is. And
0: this is actually an interesting thing, too. This is going back to what you were just saying, Elaine. What is the difference in politics and religion? Politics is the way in which a human thinks. Religion is the way in which a human feels. And if whenever you kind of make that distinction, and I'm like, I'm going to claim that as a God moment because I don't know where that just came from, but politics is the method in which a human thinks, the processes in which you come to justify the way you feel. And so that's why our politics becomes so closely ingrained with our religion is because it further exemplifies or justifies or... Uh, indignifies whichever one of those fits the right way uh, the way our heart tells us now both could be arguing for the same thing both could be arguing for the same exact point but the method in which one gets there is filtered through your life experience so right we all have let's just say generally speaking most humans have a heart to see less people die let's just use uh gun violence okay that's a big one let's just use gun violence Most people want to see less people die. And so, and this could be carried on with abortion, less people dying. This could be taken over to even homosexuality. We want to see stronger families. The way in which you believe that is, you know, neither here nor there. The honest truth is when you boil it down, it's the same desire, the same core God-given desire. It is the heart of the issue. Then you start filtering it through the biases. These are a mixture of, Wives tales and biases and experiences. So let's just let's I'm trying to think of one to grab on here. Let's talk about let's talk about homosexuality. Let's talk about that one. And this is not me preaching for or against. This is not me trying to tell you what conclusion to draw. I just want to talk about because that seems like how on earth could you resolve to this down to the same thing? That's the one that's hardest for me. To me, everyone wants less gun violence. One person wants to arm more people. So less people get hurt uh, out of fear of like. People aren't going to hurt people if, like the you know the whole protection thing versus less guns, less harm kind of thing. That's easy to boil down. We all want less gun Even violence. Even
1: with <laughs> the abortion thing too, some people want a ban abortion so less babies die, or other people want more quote planned parenthood where less people die, like right. less babies die.
0: Right, and resources, someone's going yeah. to have the, all that, and so both that that's easier. At all. But like you look at the gay marriage one, and it's like, well, how do you resolve that one? Because Uh, How could someone who's threatened by homosexuals uh, resolve to the same desire as homosexuals? Well, it's all about feeling loved. And whenever you start looking at everyone has a desire to justify and to strengthen love. Most people don't realize that hate is not the opposite of love. Hate and love are basically the same exact emotion. One is just active and one is
1: It's like the the globe analogy.
0: Yeah, where everything kind of resolves back yeah. to the same side if you go too far. Apathy is more the opposite of of love to me, like because love is a strong caring emotion yeah. and apathy is the lack of caring. Hatred is very much a caring emotion. Yeah. Uh it's There's just a lot
1: of passion and anger. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, very love and hate are the same. They are the same being, and so I guess maybe that's the whole love and war concept. Anyway, and so you have this idea of everyone wants to justify the way they're lo- they want more love, right? Whether they realize that word or not, and then you start getting on these different views. Okay, let's take the more conservative side of things or the more Republican side of things. Uh, I want to see, or you know, or I've been taught in church. That a man and a woman are the only way to marry, and that anything against that is an abolishment to love and is ultimately threatening love itself. Well, where did that come from? Well, that may come back from an interpretation of a certain scripture from this place where someone read it this way and it resonated with them in the moment and it set up this uh, bias. So you have like this prejudice against this group of people because of this person who read it this way who have told you this because that. Uh, I guess triggered in their soul. Or if you want to go even further back than that, you start looking at maybe someone along the way was seen as different because they viewed something differently, and at the time, that was not acceptable. Or even more, so, let's just let's just eliminate that. Let's just go even deeper. Maybe at some point, someone harmed you or threatened you, or you had some kind of hurt by someone who had this ideology that set up the instance for you to start teaching this way, and it spreads and it spreads and it spreads. You go back far enough and all these things resolve the same thing. The heart is there. The mind is where we separate.
1: Where one experience happens to you and then you automatically assimilate. Anyone who holds this perspective or believes this way or looks this certain way or acts a certain way, they're all bad or good or good.
0: Yes, or good. Yeah, that's very good. And all of that to say, yeah, there are right and wrongs in politics. There are all of these things, but it's all the mindset. And if we can get back to the actual spiritual side of it we could find unity in that and the reason I'm even bringing any of this up and to resolve this episode is we're in the middle of what's about to be I imagine to be a very intense season with elections there's just a lot of different things you know we don't have the best options presented to us there are other options but we don't have just there it's just disappointing it's it's very disappointing so
1: why did you take a picture or, or, or why why do you feel like uh 2020 or right now everything is a dumpster fire why why did the um it, what, well, I voted inflamed sticker speak to you
0: well because honestly or i feel to you. as if everything right now is we had an emotional year we had a very Still emotional having year one. and once again and this goes back to politics i saw this one time and it's just resonated with me so well this isn't the actual root of it, but you think of like polly and ticks. Polly and ticks is like many blood-sucking creatures, and it just it, it. I feel like we have all of these different parties who are like, "Let's strike while people are emotional," and so you already have people on a on about an eight on the on the one to ten scale of how emotionally roused up they are, and then you're like. Let's just shove them off the cliff and pick on every little. So things that we used to be able to rationally think through right now, we're not able to see clearly because of everything else. It's kind of like how uh, they did these like tests where it's like, when should you do your most cognitive thinking or when should you be able to do your most strategic thinking? And it's like, do it in the mornings because the human mind is not like uh, an endless supply It has to have a chance to reset. It has to have a time to power down and come back. And so whenever you start your day off, you are more inclined. That's kind of like whenever you're like, I'm going to do laundry first thing. And then you get busy doing something else. And by like, you know, five o'clock rolls around, you're like, screw it, I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, You only have so much you can offer. And so whenever you give all you can give and then you get more things piled on top, you're less likely to make an educated or reasonable response and 2020 has been that year that has taken and taken and taken, and now people are feeding off of that who have profited, both sides, every side, sides. Uh, have profited off of that and are able to get you in a state of vulnerability where you haven't had the downtime that you should be able to have for an election to be able to process strategically what the right and wrong answers are, to put the right people in, Uh, in in the first place and there's some you know once again going into conspiracy stuff this always happens around election times it's easy to tax people out right before election season to sway their opinions
1: and there's this thing in psychology it's it's this practice of or you you were talking about when are you to make the best cognitive decisions the the most logical reasoning and there's this practice in psychology that it's it's this halt it's you shouldn't make a decision If you are hurt, angry, lonely, or tired, you are not able to cognitively make a sound logic and reasoning decision if you are those four things.
0: What are they again? If you're
1: hurt, angry, lonely, or tired.
0: I think hungry. Should be in there too. I'm just saying yes. it should be hot. Halt. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't need to make decisions <laughs> when I'm hungry. Okay. But, it's like but, the Snickers come I'm you not me the when gist, I'm hungry. Though, yeah. That I do.
1: You shouldn't make decisions good. if you are hurt, angry, lonely, or tired.
0: Well, and I think we're all of those things right now. I mean, if you start looking at it hurt, I think we're all a little hurt by this year in some way, shape, or form. Uh, angry, I think we're all a little angry. Uh, lonely is definitely more than we've to be felt. At home. And then tired is I mean, that goes without saying. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. This all comes up strategically at the right time to uh, anyway. I'm trying to tell you this, guys. That's this is this is where I'm trying to go with this. Besides all of my ranting side of it, when you look at someone online or or in person that has a differing view, even when they're arrogant and oh my gosh, I've met some arrogant ones just like you have that just are like, the you trolls know, blank 2020, shove it in your face, you know, like don't feed the trolls. <laughs> oh, it's just like. You know, uh, you you know the ones that I'm talking about, and
1: and you can point them out easily.
0: Yeah, and so like when you encounter those people, a don't get caught up in the engaging because you're wasting easy. your breath. Uh, you're just We've drawing hunted, more divisive though. lines. B, remember that they are a human, and somewhere underneath all of that bias, there is a desire, and
1: and if they are operating that way, they're they've been hurt.
0: There is a lot of hurt there. There's a lot of fear. Oh my gosh, the fear that is wrapped up, the fear tactics wrapped up in everything we have. And remember that that is not Christ. And to just do your best to show Christ, because if you want to convey a point, shoving words into the universe is not the way to do it. The only Dropping way to a Bible
1: it, verse isn't the way to do it either. Yeah, I
0: mean, the same thing, same thing. You know, political opinion, Bible verse, whatever the fact of the matter is. The only true way to understand someone is to try to look past the mind and into the heart and to try to show the heart despite the mind's anger or frustration. So that's that. Everyone go and vote or don't or vote for it. I don't really care what you do.
1: As I say, tomorrow is election day, right? Is it really? Yeah.
0: November 3rd. Is that right? Is that when election day is? November 4th, whatever day it is. So holy crud, that's crazy. Well, it wouldn't be tomorrow then, right? Would it be? I don't know. I'm confused because I know the 31st is Sunday. Monday we're is the first. We're recording this
1: Friday, but it comes out the day before election.
0: Is that true? Okay. Well, yeah, I know we're recording it. from I me. Mean, I know what day well, it is. Yeah, I'm just trying well, to say like Saturday is the 31st. You were
1: talking about Sunday.
0: Well, I know. I was, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ignore us. Okay. Anyway, guys, we love you all. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. Mail at therecklesspursuit.com. Reach out to us on any of the social medias. Elaine, what do you got?
1: And despite who ends up being president, it'll all be okay.
0: Well, yeah, because Thanksgiving and Christmas is upcoming. Exactly. So we'll just like eat food and quit caring. Sure. <laughs> I know you're going... What
1: a way to start 2021 is just eating food, not caring.
0: Screw it. I'm going <laughs> to eat some turkey.
1: But seriously, no matter who ends up being president, we still need to focus on one, hum- humbling ourselves, walking in humility and walking in love and operating in that... And recognizing that the people around us, despite and especially if they don't agree with you, they are still loved by
0: God. Very well said. I think we should just wrap it up there. Be brave. Be bold. Be reckless. We'll we'll talk talk soon.